good to be with you guys. Thank you so much for being here. We uh, at Oasis Church over the past uh, two weeks have been going through the series, the first series of 2017 called The Wonders, The Wonders Series. And uh, man, I, I don't know about you, but even though I'm the one preaching, like I, I listen to these sermons throughout the week. That's not a prideful thing. Catch this, because I need to be reminded of this. And I promise you, as, as I've listened to these, these past couple weeks, man, God has rocked me. So I just pray and I know that he's doing something in you guys. I've gotten texts, I've gotten calls, I've gotten responses with just like, man, I needed that this week. That was, that's not me, guys, that's God. And God's doing some wonders in some people's lives, I promise. I promise. Remember, I've said it a couple times. If you don't think he's doing something in your life, just get a little bit of a perspective change. Get a little bit of a perspective change, and I promise you'll see that he's doing a lot more in your life than you think he is. And so tonight, we're just diving into the second miracle the Wonders is about the seven miracles in the book of John. John is an amazing book, and I, I love John because of just the, how do I say this, the, the practical writing of John. The way John writes is just a little bit different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are the synoptic gospels, and John's just a little bit more, I think, easier to read and understand, and as I decided that we were going to go through these miracles, I, I, I love the book of John, and so this is miracle number two tonight. And tonight's message is entitled, The Wonders, Confident Faith. Confident Faith. And I'm going to read out of the book of John. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, as everybody does, pull up the the book of John, chapter 4, verse 43. I think it's going to be on the screen. It's going to be on the screen? If you don't have either of those, and you can follow along. Let me read the word tonight. It says, after the two days he left for Galilee. It says, now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that they had done, had, he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him, that's a key word tonight, begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. Jesus is a savage. (laughs) That's his response to this dude that's coming to him. His son's sick, and that's what Jesus says. Why? I promise we'll get there. It's good. It's powerful. I promise you. But that is, Jesus, man, you're better than me. That's amazing. The royal official said, sir, sir, Jesus. No, 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 it's cool. Please, just come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, go. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. When he inquired at the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. So he and his whole household believed. Jesus, these are your words. Father, you put these to paper so that we could experience, we could know the truth of who you are. 
So, Father, your word is blessed. I just pray tonight, Father, that there's anointing in this place, God. What I say is from heaven, and that hearts will be open, and that ears will be open to receive, God, what you have to say to us tonight. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The wonders, confident faith. I love that story. These seven miracles to me are just powerful. Did anybody was encouraged by last week? Two of us. Oh, sorry, kids. I'm like having like three people look at me going, kids, kids. If there's a child in the room, a kid, we have kids zone. So you're dismissed to go with Brittany right out there. Any children? Nope, good, great. Sorry about that. Anybody love last week? It was encouraging. Obedience, being a servant. It's key stuff here in these miracles. But tonight I want to talk about this word faith. But not just faith, confident faith. See, the word confidence means that you're just sure of it. You know without a doubt. You're just in it. You know, you know that you know. Confident faith. We do some things every single day that require faith, whether you know it or not. Whether you know it or not, you wake up every single day, you get out of bed, you step, expecting your legs to move, right? You know this, right? This, this just happens, but it's faith to believe. You get ready. You get in your car, you have the faith to believe that when you put your king in ignition, Lord, help us that you don't leave the lights on overnight. You're going to turn it on, and it's going to turn over, and it's going to start. You have faith to believe that you're going to get to work, or you're going to get to school. Nothing's going to happen. You have faith to believe that you're going to get back home to your family, you're going to get back home to your dorm room. You have faith to just believe it, because it just happens, right? Whether you know this or not, that's faith. Because you're just doing stuff, believing that it's going to happen right. Believing that something good's going to happen throughout the day. You guys with me? But there's something to be said about confident faith. Faith that just takes a little bit more steps. Faith that's a little bit stronger. See, (laughs) there was a time when I was a freshman in college and I was in preseason for soccer. I played soccer through college. I may not look like it today, but I did. Don't judge me. But there was a time when I was a freshman in college and I showed up to preseason and I got smoked. I mean, like, we were dead. I was physically exhausted. I came home from being away for those three weeks, and I saw my mother for the first time. This is a true story. And she started weeping, weeping. And I was like, Mom, what's wrong with you? You miss me that much? Amazing. I love you too. Come here. She's like, no, what happened to you? You're gone. There's nothing to you. And I was like, I know because they're killing me there. These practices are insane. But you know what I said. When you get up out of bed, sometimes you just have the faith to just get up and start walking. But this true story, they killed our, we did four practices in one day. Four practices. And so I go to bed that night, cramping up, all crazy, like, did you ever get a foot cramp in bed? It's the worst. Try, like, your whole leg cramping for, like, all eight hours of your sleep. That was what was happening. And so when I wake up out of bed, I'm confident that I'm going to get up and I'm going to start walking. I wish there was a video camera in my dorm room. Swear, God is my witness in this room tonight. I get up out of bed and I fall flat on the ground. Face. Roommate was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Did he just pass out? Like, I don't know. My legs just wouldn't fire. They just would not go. I had no, no, I just, like, face plant. Right there. Done. But see, I had the confidence, or I should say I had the faith to think that it was going to work. See, we as a church... We got faith. 
We got faith to believe that, man, you know what, I could show up to church and I can get something from this. We got the faith to believe that, you know, maybe Jesus will come through for me. But I really believe this church is lacking something. Can I just be honest with us? This is for me too. You guys know me. This is, this is piercing my heart just as much. I think we're lacking confident faith. I think we're lacking faith in this church, not just in this church, but in the church in general, to really believe that God is who God says he is. To believe that Jesus is still Jesus of yesterday, today, and forever. See, we as people of faith, if you're a believer and follower of Jesus, you've received him in your heart, you're walking with him. That's faith. You've got to believe in somebody you've never seen. That takes faith. But I really believe the church more than ever today needs to rise up and take hold of some confident faith. Some confident faith to where things don't make you fall over. Things don't shake you to your core. Where you look for the nearest exit sign. Oh, hello. I'm going to preach tonight. No, really. Because here's the problem today. And I do it. When things don't go my way, when things don't go the way I should, when my confidence and my faith gets shaken, I'm like, Lord, you're not with me. I'm out. i got to find the nearest exit. Because this stuff, these promises that you told me, they're not happening. I don't have what I should have. I'm not who I should be. I'm not overcoming this guilt. I'm not overcoming this addiction, this sin. So you know what? It's just better if I just exit out of here and play it safe. I'm tired of seeing Christians just exit out the door. Can I be honest? I hope you are too. I hope you're tired of seeing the church just take a step back and not taking a step forward in confidence going, you know what? No, this is our claim. This is our promise. This is our victory. It's Jesus. I don't want to be shaken anymore. I don't want your faith in Jesus to shake anymore. And I believe this story is so powerful. See, we read sometimes the scripture, at least I do. I read these scriptures and I just want to get it in for the day, right? Like, man, I got my scripture reading in. Haha. Yes, check. But I don't read these scriptures like, my God, like, you did something crazy here in this moment. The teaching and the principles and the things that come from this are powerful. And it's not just, catch this, every miracle that we've talked about so far. What do I say? It's not just the miracle that's amazing. It's what happens around the miracle that's amazing. And in this miracle, something shot out to me in some powerful ways. And that was confidence. Confidence from this father. This dad. Man, what a guy. My father's here. I know my father would do so much for me. You have a father in heaven that cares so much for you that would do anything for you. I promise you. But this dad has a son that's sick. He's sick. And he says, you know what? I know who Jesus is. So let me give you a little background on this story, right? Jesus turns water into wine in his hometown, right? We learned about that. He does that in his hometown. He shows everybody who is his. Remember, Mary was there, and Mary sees her son walking in the room and goes, that's the son, that's the promise, that's what I've been holding on to forever. He's here. It's about to go down. It's on. He's going to do, do something. Watch. Check it out. Watch. That's my boy. That's what my mom says about me all the time. That's my son. Promise she doesn't. <laughs> promise. No, really, I promise. Side story. Soccer games all the time. I'd get off the field. I'd be like, Mom, hey, it's so good to see you. Thank you for coming. She'd be like, did you guys win? I'd be like, 
Mom, you were here the whole time. I love you, Mom. I love you. She was, heck yeah, she was shopping. She got back just in time for the end of the game. But listen, the mom, mother of Jesus, sees him walk in. Jesus says, you know what, my time's not coming up, but I'm listening to my authority. That's powerful. That's powerful. I'm going to listen to my authority here on earth. I'm going to do this miracle. I'm going to perform it, but I'm going to show people that serving is key. So he does this in his hometown. Now he leaves because we skipped a couple parts of John. He left his hometown. So he's doing some other stuff, doing some other miracles, and now he's coming back to his hometown. Why did he choose to do a second miracle at his hometown? Anybody know? Anybody want to take a jab at it? No? Okay, just me. All right, I'll tell you. You want to know why? You want to know why I think so? He wanted to see where their hearts were. He wanted to see where their hearts were. See, he performed a miracle that was huge, right? Turning water into wine for this whole wedding feast, that was massive. So now he comes back home. And he wants to see where their hearts are at. He wants to know, hey, did you forget who I was or do you still remember who I am? Now, this isn't like a long period of extended time. We don't know exactly how long these, these different journeys were. People base it off of the distance and all that stuff. We don't know. So I don't, I'm not going to say, well, it's this amount of time. But just know that it wasn't like, hey, he performed the miracle, left for a day, and came back. No, it was a, it was a little bit of time. Because he really wanted to know, hey, where are they at? Where are their hearts at? They saw miracles. They saw the signs. I told them who I was. People believed. They caught the idea of serving. My disciples are now serving because they saw it. But where are they at today? Where are they at today? That's something powerful to be said. Jesus comes back to his hometown, and then there's this father. But see, this father wasn't in Galilee. We're going to get there. This father was at another town. And he knows. He knows that the Jesus that performed a miracle is back. He's back. And he knows. I got a sick son at home. I got somebody that's dying. My family member is hurting. But I know the healer. I know the one that can come. I can go to and I can plead with and I can beg to. And he's going to heal my son because I know the power of Jesus. It's powerful. But I think all of this, the main truth, the thing that Stuck out to me the most about this story, and I hope this encourages you. I hope, if anything tonight, you just walk out of here with your faith stirred up. Your faith so on fire. Because the persistency of a man, of a father, in faith before Jesus reversed the promise of death to come. Let me say that again. Hope you're taking notes, because this is good. The persistency of a father, of a man... In faith, before Jesus reversed the promise of death to come to his home. Persistency. Persistency of a father to say, I know Jesus. I know the healer. I know the one that's here. I can get to him. I can run to him. I can show up to him. And he's going to do something crazy. Persistency. But you know how persistency starts? Confident faith. Because you can't be persistent in something if you don't know, you know what, if I just keep hitting this, if I keep knocking at this, if I keep hitting at this, it's not going to break. Like, we have to know that if I'm hitting a rock, right, it's eventually going to break. But I have to have the faith to believe that rock's going to break. Does it make sense? You guys with me? I know it's cold outside, but it's hot up in here. Maybe it's just the lights, and I'm wearing three jackets. Judge me. Swear. Judge me. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Everyone's like, what the heck? 
He had the confidence. He had the confidence to believe. But you know what I love even more about this? About this father, this official. See, he's an official in the church, and not in the church, in the town, in the city. He's an official. You know what that means? He had all the resources. He wasn't just some regular guy. He had resources. He had people. He had servants. He had guys that he could go send. But you know what? He went himself. He went himself. He said, you know what? I'm not sending anybody to handle this. I'm not sending somebody else to go handle my prayers before the Father. I'm not going to send one of my servants to go beg the Savior of the world to heal my son. No, I'm going before the Father of heaven to ask for my son to be healed. Church, let me tell you something. You don't need another person to go to the Father for you. If you're in this room and you've grown up that you got to go to another person to get before the Father, it's not true. This shows it right here. You get right to the throne room of heaven. You get direct access to the throne room of heaven. You get your prayers heard. You get your prayers answered right now. This father has that revelation that, you know what, I don't need to hire another person. I don't need to get somebody else to send them. I'm going to the father. My son is sick. My family is broken. The pain that I'm in, it's just me. I got to go deal with it now with my king. Men in the room, young and old. This speaks volumes. Let me just say this if you're in the room as a man. Ladies, don't be looking at your man if he's next to you like, "Mm mm-hmm, get him. Don't do that. If you're a man in this room, you better lead your family. You better lead your family in the things of God, and you better lead your family praying before God. Praying before God, saying, you know what, it's not my wife's responsibility, it's not my mom's responsibility, it's not my girlfriend's responsibility to pray for me, it's my responsibility as a man. Now women, you don't get in out here as much as you're like, yeah, give it to him, come on, yeah, hit him, hit him some more. Left, right, yeah. No, ladies, your prayers are powerful. Your prayers are powerful. You interceding on behalf of your children, your future family, your future kids, your boyfriend, Your family, it's powerful. But men, we have a responsibility. This isn't in my notes. But we have a responsibility as men to go before the Father and to show our family and our kids, hey, you know what, I'm going to go take care of this with the king. Does this make sense? His father was persistent. This father was confident. Nothing was going to shake that father. Nothing. Three points every week. Because I want you to walk out of here. I want you to remember these. I want you to write these down. Put them in your phone. Remember them. Because this is important. Remember what I say all the time. If you come in here and just get this in, it's not affecting your Monday through Saturday, there's a problem. I want this word to continue to soak in. Read over this thing throughout the week. Get it in you. Get it in your heart. But the first thing is this. Our persistency in faith can take us directly to the king. How about this? Our persistency in prayer could take us directly to the king. See, the church doesn't want to pray. Oh, I said that. See, the church doesn't. People in the church just want the blessings. Bless me. Bless me, God. When my blessings come up and, you know, praises go up, blessings come down, whatever he says. I don't know what he says. 
We just want the blessings and the provision of God, but we don't want to sit. We don't want to get alone with them. We don't want to be persistent with them. We don't want to go boldly and confidently saying, God, I'm not leaving this room until you speak to me. I'm not leaving to this room until your miracle happens. I'm not leaving this room. See, the persistency in faith, in prayer, can take us directly to the king. Imagine this. Now where the father was at, that father, the official, he's 15 miles from Jesus. He's a half marathon plus two miles and point one away from Jesus. I had to do the math real fast. It stresses me out. 15 miles. He's 15 miles from where Jesus was at to where he was. Anybody done a half marathon? No. Okay, great. Yes. Thank you, Kyle. I love you for putting that hand up, even if you didn't. Thank you. I've done two half marathons, not a real race when I was training for the full marathon. So there was two, three times that I had to run over 13 miles. Let me just tell you, it was terrible. Awful. Like this whole idea of running for fun never makes sense to me. Never. But it's rough. And I ran 13 miles, and I think in like two hours and some minutes. Okay? And we were cruising. I was with some guy that was like 6'7", and his strides were like this. And mine were like, like, Lord, help me. Like, why am I training with this guy? This is stupid. But 15 miles. 15 miles, this dad said. 15 miles stands before me in the King of Kings. 15 miles stands before me and the Savior, me and the healer, the one that can heal my son. 15 miles. And I'm not talking city streets. I'm talking some rough terrain. I ain't just talking like paved roads. I'm talking rocks. I'm talking hills. I'm talking dirt. Rough. But you know what he said in his heart? You know what I got to believe in his heart? He had the resolve. I'm going. I'm going to the king. I'm going to go. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to worry about how my feet feel, how out of breath I am, how, what I don't have. I'm just going to go. Church, go. Go before the Father, full of faith, persistent, saying, you know what? If I just keep pressing in, keep pressing in, keep pressing in, I'm going to get to the king. I'm going to get to the king. Gets right up in front of the face of Jesus. 15 miles, cut over. He's standing there. I could just imagine this, right? He just did 15 miles. And he's now up in front of Jesus. He's like, Jesus, I'm here. Holy cow, I didn't think I was going to make it. But I'm right here in front of you. The king, the one that loves me, the one that loves my son, the one that can heal my son. He's right. I'm here. I'm here. Man, I'm here. Our persistency can get us face to face with the king. Our prayer life can get us face to face with the king. If you don't have a prayer life, if you don't know how to start a prayer life, this is it. This is simple. Let me give it to you. Just talk to him. You don't need to have it all together. Oh, Lord, my God, how great you are. No. No. You know what you can do? Just sit down, get alone, turn off the phone, Get away from everything, put away the distractions, and just say, Jesus, I'm here right now. 
I need to speak with you. I need to hear from you. I love you. I love you. I just want to talk with my dad. I promise you, if you get this in your heart, if you come to the resolve that your prayer life is more important to you than anything else, you will see miracles begin to happen in your life. You will see transformation begin to happen in your life. This church will be a church that is called a house of prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. You want to know why? My parents showed it to me. The persistency of two legends showed me to be standing here right now. But maybe you didn't come from two parents that showed you. It's okay. He can teach you. He can show you. You just have to come to the resolve, confident faith, saying, you know what? When I get before the Father, because I'm persistent, I'm right there before the Father. Is this encouraging you? This is, this is stuff that I need to hear. Because let me just tell you, there's days I wake up, I take Rachel to work, I get back, I'm like, I don't want to pray. I just want to go back in bed. I get lazy. I do, I'm just being honest. But you know what? I'm like, no, no, stop. Mind, shut up. Heart, let's go. Let's go. I want to get before the king of kings. The second thing is this. Our persistency in faith before Jesus is welcomed. Is welcomed. You know, praying bold prayers to God is okay. Praying stuff to God, he's big enough. He can handle it. See, we don't think he's big enough. So we just say, God, thank you for this food. Bless today, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's where you start, that's fine. That's okay. That's a good thing. Take this first step. But you know what? God's in the business of answering bold prayers. Because he's like, man, there's faith right there. There's faith. That person's stirred up. That person's floored. I'm meeting that person. Because that person's faith is alive. God, change this city of Chicago. Stop the violence of the city. I pray for gangbangers. I pray for people that are shooting each other to come to know you. You want to know how I pray? That's how I pray. It's not because I'm better. It's because I've seen God answer bold prayers. You're all a prayer answered. God, grow this church. Bring people into this church that need to know you. Change their life. Transform their life. We can pray bold prayers. See, the Father shows up to God, to Jesus. Man, if I showed up to Jesus, I don't know, even if my son was sick, I don't know if that was the first thing I'd be saying. Like, God, I need you to heal my son. See, I don't, but that Father had so much faith. He shows up and says, hey, Jesus, it's awesome, you're amazing. You got to heal my son. Right now, he's sick. He's about to die. Heal him. Does that not blow anybody else's mind? He's before the king of kings. He's before the savior of the world. And the first thing he says to him, Jesus, I need you to heal my son. I need you to heal my son because you can do it. You can do it. I know you can do it. Sorry, terrible joke at that time. I don't even know where that water boy, I have no idea where that came from. Sings, man. Dad, I'm a lot more like you than I've, yeah, anyways. This man runs. He runs. He runs. He runs towards the king. He's persistent. And when he gets there face to face before the king, he says, I need something done. I need something done. 
I know you can do it. I know you're the only one to do it. He didn't stop along the way to a couple different people saying, hey, can you come heal my son? Hey, can you come heal my son? Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? No, he just shot right towards the king. He didn't go tell 100 different people his problems. Hello, maybe you need to hear that tonight. Maybe I need to hear it. Stop talking about your problems and go to the one that can fix your problems. We got people in the church that are more consumed with gossiping and talking about it than going before the king. Stop. Go right to the source. Go right to the provider. Now, you need people around you to encourage you to build you up. But you know what? When people come to you with their problems, stop them and start praying for them. See, our persistency is welcomed. I was a persistent kid. I knew how to break them down. Praise the Lord. But see, I would go to my mom. If I wanted something, <laughs> mom, hey, I'm here. How are you? You're amazing. I love you. It's so good to be with you. Can I get this? No. Okay. Five minutes later, mom, I love you. It's amazing. I'm here. I'm persistent. I want this. Please give this to me. No. Okay. Dad, I'm here. I love you. I'm persistent. I want you. I'm how many times do they give me what I want? A lot, but not always. See, they're my earthly parents. But my heavenly father wants to give me his will. He wants to give me his plans. He wants to give me his purpose. If I can be persistent with them, why can't we pers be persistent with the father? Why can't you be? Because you don't get your prayers answered right away? It takes too long. You're not seeing the miracle happen. You're not seeing the transformation happen. What is it? I don't know. You can't go before the Father continually time and time again, praising him, thanking him, and saying, Father, I, I'm struggling. I'm going through this. I need you. I need you so bad, Father. I need you. I'm in depression. I'm in anxiety. I'm in fear. But we don't go to the Father. We'd rather go talk to a bunch of people about it because he doesn't answer right away, we think. I'm here to tell you this. If you don't hear anything else, he's hearing you. He's listening to you. And he works all things for the good. But sometimes it's not on our timetable. And that's okay. See, the official had to go 15 miles. And that time, he probably wasn't running. That time, it probably takes a day because it says he shows up the next day to his house. The next day. He doesn't know if his son's alive. He doesn't know what the outcome's going to be. But he still was persistent. He still went. He didn't know what was to come. He just went before the Father, trusting and believing. See, our timetables aren't always the best option. His timing, his timing is the best. This is encouraging you. It's okay to be persistent, it's welcomed. It's welcome. You want to know why? Because Jesus says to the Father, the first response out of Jesus' mouth is, you guys just want to see signs and miracles. I was blown away by that. Like I said, Jesus is a savage. He's crazy for saying that. Like he didn't say, oh, yes, welcome to your strong faith. You want to know why? Because everybody in his hometown, it says it, he was without honor. He was without honor in his own hometown where miracles happened. Everybody saw him, was familiar with it, didn't think it was real, didn't think he could do anything else. Lord, forgive me. For not giving you honor. But this dad says, Jesus, my son is sick. And he says, what, do you just need another sign? See, I don't think Jesus was frustrated. 
I don't think he was frustrated with the guy. Maybe he was. I don't know. But you know what I think he was? I think he was looking at the guy's heart. You want another sign? Do you just need another miracle? Do you just need to know that I'm here? Do you just need me to prove it one more time? Or do you just have the faith, the confident faith to believe it? And what does the dad say? Jesus, please, heal my son. He didn't ask for him to make a sign, to do something crazy right then and there, pick up some mud, throw it, and his son would be healed. No, he didn't ask for any of that. He just said, I'm in faith, believing that you're going to do this right now. And Jesus said, your heart's in the right place. Go. Your son's healed. Spoke it. Go. Your son is healed because his heart was in line with God. The last thing is this, and the band can come up. Is this encouraging you? I know this isn't always easy to hear, but I say it all the time. I don't, I, don't, I don't want just a bunch of fans of Jesus. I don't. I'm tired of it. There's enough of them out there waving their flag. I'm a Christian, yay. I want an army. Because you know how this city's going to change? An army. An army of people that step up and that are persistent in prayer, persistent at going before the king, saying, you know what, God? You're the only one that can heal this. You're the only one that can change this. I trust you. You're the only one that can redeem me. I trust you. The last thing is this, and I think this is going to speak to some people. Our persistency in faith can bring healing to those around us. Our persistency in faith can bring healing to those around us. He shows up. He asks God, Jesus, to heal his son. Jesus says, go, your son is healed. And now he's walking back. Imagine what's going through his brain. Did this dude just really heal my son? I've got to believe it. I've got to believe it. I've got to believe it. I'm persistent. I'm persistent. I'm confident. I'm confident. I'm confident. Shows up. And his servants run to him and say, your son was healed. He's, he's good. He's ready to go. And I love what the scripture says. This is why Jesus does miracles. Catch this. It's not to awe and wow you. I promise. That's not Jesus' heart. He wasn't a celebrity. He wasn't about being a celebrity. You know what he was about? Bringing the lost home. And guess what scripture says at the end right there? It says, guess what it says? It says his whole household believed in him. Why did Jesus heal that man's son? He knew his heart and he wanted to redeem his whole household. He wanted to change the legacy of that family. He wanted to change the history of that family. So maybe there's some people in this room tonight that need to change the course of the history and the legacy of your family. Maybe your family has been this way, and you're saying, no, no more. I don't come from a broken marriage family. I don't come from a family of abuse. I don't come from a family of anxiety and fear. I am a child of the Most High, and I'm persistent before the Lord, and he is changing me, he is redeeming me, he is saving me, and he is the one that's going to restore me. His whole house was saved. What else do we need? We need signs and wonders. We don't need them. We just need faith. Well, JP, I've been praying forever, man. And man, you know, he didn't heal my mom. He didn't heal my dad. And, and I get those sometimes and I'm like, man, God, like why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have some deep theological understanding. I don't know. But you know what I love more? Is when those people that their family members are sick and they're, they're hurting and they're in pain, 
And they're saying, you know what, God, heal them, heal them, heal them. They have the faith to believe, the faith to believe, and their family member does not necessarily get healed, and they go home to heaven. You know what that, you know what's more amazing? The testimony of that family. The testimony of that family that's persistent in prayer, persistent in hope, persistent in faith, because people are watching. People are watching going, man, look how they're handling that. Look how they're dealing with that. Look what they're going through. Jesus isn't coming through, but man, they're healing. Man, they're still full of faith. There's a testimony to be said about that. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. But I just want you to know this. He's working. He's working. He's working. He's doing more than our eyes can see. He's working. Our response, our posture, I'm coming at you, Jesus. I'm running at you, Jesus. I'm coming. I'm coming day in and day out. I'm coming full of faith, confident, Jesus, that you're going to move, that you're going to do a measure more, that you're going to be my healer. You're going to be my provider. You're going to be my comfort. You're going to be my peace. You're going to be the king of kings. You're going to be my savior. You're going to be my Lord. You need me to keep going. You're going to be the one that redeems me. You're going to be the one that saves me, Jesus. I don't care what the world is telling me. I'm coming towards you. I'm coming. I'm coming. If I have to pull myself, if I have to army crawl to you, I'm coming because you have fulfilled everything in me. I don't need anything else. I just need you. That's the story of the official son. He didn't need anything else. He didn't need some big signs of wonder. He just had the faith to believe and to show up to the king. Church, confidence in Jesus will change everything. 